Good morning, fellow Gooners, and compliments of the season. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your host, Mona, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. Happy New Year, guys. It's somewhat been a, a vast improvement game after game since Mikhail Arteta took over. Um, not always the results we wanted to start off with, but, you know, looking at the performance, we see a big improvement in the, the team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it was like up there with a you know, clash of, of the weekend's fixtures. Um, you know, like everybody really wanted to have a, a good look at us, you know, especially now with the, uh, the upcoming home. I think it's like three home games in a row. Um, Arsenal changes were made. Jacko was out due to illness, of course. Many uh, conspiracy theorists were believing that's part of the whole exit strategy of him going to Hertha Berlin. Um, and then also Socrates was on that concussion watch where like, if you get a head injury, it's about, I think you have to sit out uh, about one or two games. And um, in came Gwendozi for Urza, for Jacques, sorry, and then Chambers came in for uh, Socrates. So, you know, Arsenal starting on the front foot in the game, quite positive uh, football. With Chelsea going with a, a back three, I believe, and Arsenal, of course, playing the Something like four, two, uh, three, one. Um, Arsenal started dominating the game, and also Chelsea were almost like struggling to get to grips. And I mean, like in a way, it's more like we caught them also cold. They didn't really know how to react, and almost like we started exploiting, you know, the spaces even more. Almost like drawing them all over the pitch. Um, you know, with this high press that Arteta's now brought to the, the, the squad now. It looks like it makes even more sense than if you think of the sort of um, press that, that Emery was you know, kind of known, known for in the beginning. I'm not talking about the second part of his, his stint, like his second season, but uh, like the, you know, the first part that you and I always kind of admired. But I think this, the way that the press was done now, it actually made more sense. So what was your take of it? No, it definitely made more sense. They were pressing as a unit, not as two people are pressing and two people, you know, are falling behind. Because at the end of the day, if you press, you have to press as a as a unit. So we we got that right. You saw Aubameyang tracking back. You saw him pushing the Chelsea defenders in deep. You saw Lacazette doing closing down like he was really knackered. Even Özil, you saw you saw him doing things he's never done before. So you know, I think it is a massive positive that you had your front line. Already starting with and tracking back, like I like I mentioned in our rate our player ratings, you saw that the likes of a Yang was almost playing as a left back at times, trying to close off and make tackles. So that's not Tito ways definitely the way forward. However, fitness wise to to work on that gradually to get to where they actually want to be. Because it it seems like the first thirty, thirty five minutes you know, Chelsea did not know what hit them. Yeah, because look, when we eventually got the breakthrough, when Aubameyang, you know, it was like also a fantastic build-up where Ozil took the corner. Chambers did a, you know, like a Tony Adams-like flick on across the goal. Uh, Emerson was kind of asleep. Aubameyang darts in front of him and needed his pass keeper to go one on it. And I mean, like from the 14th to the 19th minute, it was almost like total dominance. And, and you think that, and at that point, I thought Arsenal could run away with this game just by the manner in which they they were playing. They were playing absolute football. Chelsea 
was stuck, getting stuck in, penned in, in their own um, half all the time. But, you know, I have to give credit to Frank Lampard as well for making a bold decision very early on in the or early on in the game, but late on in the first half. I mean, I, I think for me also, one of the, uh, actually the more of a, a secondary uh, turning point in the game, because I think as you said, now, I think that, that, that substitution of him, of uh, when he brought Jorginho on, that actually was the game changer. But I think for us also was when Callum Chambers got injured in the 23rd minute, when he, um, he, did, he did his knee, it almost like it really set us back because even with that change it was then being made, it's almost like it started setting us back because Arsenal actually looked more free-flowing. And I think there was a stat that actually came up where it showed Chambers was actually in the top three in that, in that first 20 minutes of the game with, uh, you know, successful passes and successful intercepts. So it's almost like it came really at a, a bad, bad time. Almost like just when we were really nice, you know, trying to put our foot down on, on Chelsea. But I mean, that being said, as you said, a, a super call by Frank Lampard. He brings on Jorginho for, for Emerson. You know, he starts tinkering at the back where they switch to a back four. And all of a sudden, you can actually see, I think, within that first few minutes already, or the latter part of that first half, Chelsea started getting more and more into the game. And, you know, as we now then switch our attention to the sec- early the second half, they already come flying out of the traps. And also, it was like, start looking... You know, more weary, and and I think almost like that high press started catching up to them physically. Yeah, the, the, the high press definitely got the better of them. As like we go on into the second half, you could see Arsenal was struggling to get out of their own half. They were just booting the ball. Um, the likes of Reese Nelson eventually, when we did break, ran himself into an alleyway all the time, and it was kind of Chelsea was just slowly starting to come wave upon wave upon wave, but. With Jorginho coming on the field, it should have had another impact. I think he should have been sent off, in my opinion, because that was a, a second bookable offence when he pulled Gwendozi down. Yeah, but, uh, you know that. But I think that, for me, all in all, that Riffles had a very bad game. Because if you think of it also, uh, look, if you think, I mean, look, we try to also be rational with our, you know, with the podcast. And that, but I mean, look, even Gwendozi could have been sent off in his first half. Yeah. If you think... He went on a rash t- tackle on Kovacevic early in the first half. And then, I think in the latter part of the first half, when, when they started now, you know, getting themselves into the game, he, I mean, he actually did pull, uh, I don't know if it was Kovacevic again or who it was, but somebody was uh, about to dart into the box. It could even be Mason Mount. We, you know, grabbed him around the arm and pulled him almost like sideways and like kind of spun them around. But, I mean, he was clearly... Pulling on the opponent's jersey, which is like you know, usually a, a bookable offense. Yeah, I thought I thought we got lucky with that as well. That could have easily have been a penalty, and I think that's the the petulance that you talk about with Guendouzi. You know, to do something like that at the point in the game, you're on a yellow card, you're leading one 0 and just to pull somebody down like that just for no reason, that needs to get out of his game as well. And you know what? What kind of frustrates me, Aiden? It's like you know we've seen the way Man City play, we've seen the way. Liverpool play. And I mean, look, they don't play sometimes like a perfect game, but they know how to do that where they're milking those free kicks where, you know, it's almost like they, they make like an accidentally running into your legs or something like that where, you know, the ref will say, look, you know, I'm watching you or whatever, but, you know, it's not going to be now bookable offense or it's just like a, what we, what we would normally say, the tactical foul where it's just, 
you you're not doing because I mean like for me what 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 frustrates you with the Arsenal team as a whole, they do the stuff so obvious like you yes. see two ends shoving somebody into the back or. <laughs> You know, the guy beats them. Like, if you think of what Jaka was getting booked for early on in the season, where people would skip past him, and then he's, like, half hanging on the back of their jersey or just hacking them down for no reason. Yeah, uh, I think we need to work on a lot of things, but, you know, you can see the the progress already with the likes of Arteta coming in. But, you know, it's just a bit unfortunate that, you know, from Jorginho supposedly being sent off, like I said, then, you know, create a, a tired foul eventually, which mm. leads to the free kick of the goal where Leno kind of mischarges the ball and, you know, it goes straight for a tap into Jorginho who could have easily have been sent off. I mean, 1-1 Chelsea. I mean, what I just didn't understand really with the, you know, the mindset of, of Leno with it, I really thought he was going to come and it was like just more flick or, you know, swat the ball away. But he tried to, like, come with a bolt first and punch the ball. And, I mean, he got totally under it. And you can see he totally misjudged it. And I think also that the defenders also didn't help much with the situation. Because, look, they knew they were going to just bombard our goal. You know, it wasn't even down to uh, precision attacks. It was just, you know, eating the ball and eating and hoping and just thinking, okay, somebody's going to maybe get there or the ball's going to somehow bobble out for, to be smashed though. But, you know, it was also our own undoing and also, you know, the, the, the team was already running on fumes because you could see there was like nothing left because they, they just had that little bit of energy maybe to do the attack and this is where we also lead on to the winning goal for Chelsea where everybody almost like off-streamed forward, left probably one or two, you know, of the slowest people on the on the line. And by the time they broke, Saka couldn't really catch up. Because, I mean, that the, uh, Tammy Abram already had a, a pacey head start. And, I mean, with William at what? William at, at 31, he was busting <laughs> a, a gut running down the middle of the pitch. And, I mean, it was a simple one-two between the two of them. And, I mean, uh, Tammy Abram ends up smashing the ball between Leno's legs and 2-1 result for Chelsea. Really felt gutted after that game, thinking that we, we done, came so close yeah. to, to winning. And... You, at, at one point, you'd have settled for a draw and then, you know, you get all th- all points taken away from you. Really gut-wrenching. And, I mean, as an Arsenal fan for a long time, I really felt bitterly disappointed with the result. Yeah. But, I mean, it also shows that that fire was, again, there for Arsenal fans as a whole. Because, I mean, I've been chatting to other Arsenal fans as well. And, look, those who were saying, you know, they couldn't care less about, you know, if we were playing or during a game or whatever. But, I mean, this actually brought back that feeling again of, you know, the competitive edge to the Arsenal side. And also another thing where, where you could see what this defeat also meant was when you saw the Arsenal players just laying on the pitch at the end of the game. You could see they, I mean, you know, they, they tried, they, you know, they threw everything on the line and they were all, you know, legs were all gone and they were all just on the pitch. Because, I mean, Arteta was trying to, you know, go to each player and, you know, get them back on their feet again. Because, I mean, like with those who looked broken... Saka was just laying there, you know, shaking his head. And it was like, not, there was a way, the, the sort of last 10 minutes. It was, and I mean, it was like a crazy 10 minutes. So, yeah, that was our defeat. Um, we then switched our attention to the Man United game on New Year's Day. Um, you know, going into this game, 
I, I mean, I can tell you, I was already watching build-ups from, you know, different TV networks, and, and nobody gave us a chance, I can tell you straight, because, I mean, I watched at ESPN Press Pass, I watched uh, some of the Premier League shows that you have on Bean Sports and, and stuff like that, and none of them, I mean, I think the only person that I do recall saying, we're going to win this, was uh, Ian Wright. Because, I mean, there were even some, like, like Lee Dixon was already saying he thinks it's a draw. And, like, look, when Percy was one of the, I think he was, was he one of the pundits? I'm not sure. But it was also very negative coming from that side. And then, when the, you know, we go on to the game where it's like 13th playing against 5th. And I think that is what people also thought was, you know, it's going to be another uh, walk in the park for so United. Even though, I mean, they have been showing signs when they, they, they just look like they want to come back to some sort of form. And then they again get a setback. So, I think there was some stat where they said United haven't won three on the bounce for, you know, quite a while now. Yeah. So, you know, Arteta then second home game in charge. Going into the game, he knew he had to, you know, correct the problems. Especially that thing that I mentioned to you about the, the physical side of things where we needed to, you know, watch how we... we, we Organize the game fitness-wise over the course of the 90. And, you know, like with the high press, uh, with, you know, that was our undoing in the second half against uh, Chelsea. This time it looks like the team paced itself more. Uh, you know, it was more of a, a, a disciplined way. Like, you actually had, you know, because I don't know who it was that I watched now, a day after the result of the United game now. And they were actually saying they could not believe that that Xhaka and Torreira were just standing there times in their half and not, you know, venturing too much, like, you know, over the halfway line and, and, and stuff like that. And what, what I enjoyed also, especially now, like I said, the first half, as we're now also now working ourselves also into the game now, like what was happening in it. Arsenal were dictating the game so much, they actually showed where they want United to play. Because um, I think uh, either later on or whatever, I'll actually forward you this one clip that I watched of a guy. Yeah. And it was, you could actually see when Arsenal wanted the play just to be on the left hand side of the field by Colosinas playing, they would, it was like usher them, the, 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 just the way of the press would be so that they there, or, you know, not only there, but they also disjointed. So Arsenal could still have their pockets to pass around them and then do the damage. Because you could see United were looking for the, you know, those counters that they normally hurt teams with, like, even Man City, when they played Man City, yeah. also were not giving them that, that scope. Because even, like, uh, I think one of the, the commentators also said, you know, it's funny to see United being, you know, it was like toyed around with, like, you know, like a cat does with a mouse, or, like along the field, and they're not even getting close to the ball when they're doing the, their sort of attempted press. But back to the game, Xhaka and Socrates returned to the squad. Uh, Kolasinac, you know, against all odds, because I actually thought we were going to go into the game without a, a left-back. But, okay, he managed to, you know, weather the storm, come back in, make himself available. And, like, when the game got underway, even though we were now starting to set the pace again, like we did against Chelsea, United ended up also getting a free kick, which was, you know, punch clear by Leno. And I thought, okay, warning sign, you know, can't be almost, like, too confident by then. You know, after that moment, then you could see Arsenal starting to take this game, you know, by the scruff of the neck that, you know, we've been asking for. Where Kolasinac then, you know, in eight minutes, he ends up getting a fantastic through ball by Obama Young. Gets into the United box. You know, 
a couple of the United players are not really sure whether to go in for the tackle or to back off. He manages to squeeze out a, a, 45, a 45 degree pass. Pepe makes a late run into the box and smashes the ball past Kepa. 1 0 Arsenal. It's amazing if you go back also to that goal, at, um, the first goal of Arsenal, how that move actually starts with Mesut Ozil winning the ball at like in the right back position, you know, tracking back. Yeah. Not not something you would see often. I think it's just the, the manner in which Arteta is instilled in his players to play as a unit and play off the ball. That's something Arsenal lacked for years when they don't have the ball, they're yeah. all over the place. But suddenly now that organization is starting to to kick in now. It's not obviously going to happen overnight, but there are little bits of improvements, like I mentioned. And, you know, that goal wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't Ozil making that tackle. So, definitely things to look forward to. Yeah, and you know, uh, what was quite funny, I think by, it could have been half-time of that game. I mean, I, I just normally sometimes hop on to Twitter to see. And I mean, Gunnar Blog actually tweeted, because he also attended the game. Because he actually tweeted, you know, in the warm-up, because uh, I'm reading now, he's tweet now. It said, like, Ateta's assistance led an eight-man drill. Three players from the deep, feeding five attackers. And then he said Pepper's opening goal came from the pattern of play that he has moments before kickoff. So, you know, it just shows they are now starting to take in, you know, what uh, Arteta wants. And, I mean, for me, these coaches, I mean, I think many kind of also shrugged them off, like that, as I told that Steve Brown, who was, like, with David Moyes and them, and, and even this, um, I can't get to the Dutch guy's name, that, that's now also part of the coaching staff, and he's also, yeah, he was, I think, also director of football at Villa a while. And then you also coach with uh, Louis van Gaal, I believe. So, I mean, you could see all these little intricate things that were, you know, being or coming together now on field. And I mean, Arsenal played also now with a better tempo, where, you know, they were almost like forcing all, all United's, you know, go-to men, like, you know, Harry Maguire, Rashford. They were forcing them all into those little errors, like miscontrolling, clearing into touch directly. Um, look at David De Gea, was pretty so many times... You know, he, he looked actually nervous for the majority of the game. And I mean, look, Pepe then hits the woodwork on 38 minutes after Lacazette charges one of his, uh, David De Gea's um, clearances, which I mean, the ball then hits the base of the post, but, you know, it squirms just past Ozil, I think, because I think it would have been also easy tap in whoever was roaming the box. Um, on the fatal 42nd minute, Arsenal then have a corner. Again, old school style Arsenal. A corner taken by uh, Pepe, flick on at the near post by uh, by Lacazette. Sorry, the keeper manages to you know man just palm the ball out, but not far enough. And I mean the ball drops to Socrates, who fires into the roof of the net. Two 0 Arsenal. Gunners are flying. It is a bit of a shock to get that the two 0 result, I mean, two nil um, score at halftime already. I mean, you know Arsenal, especially the Arsenal we've been watching the past few weeks this season, I mean, to get 2-0 up against a Man United side at halftime, you're thinking, wow, and then there's a case of, you know, are their legs going to run out again, or are they going to come back, you know, even stronger in the second half? Yeah, and I mean, when they came out second half, you could see Arsenal were now, you know, controlling from the get-go. You know, the new Ateta approach, which was now, you know, to be a conserving energy, so it was more precise passing, you know, not too many, you know, running and whatever. So it's like, you know, you're really pacing yourself in the the, the, the speed of the game. 
And then Arsenal were also now letting the ball work a bit more. You know, so the passes had to now be, you know, on point. So, you know, the, the United didn't make the double change because, I mean, they went out, you know, trying to force the issue because uh, Lingard was getting no luck, really, in midfield. So they went out just trying to switch things up to get the, to get more active in midfield. But, I mean, you know, Arsenal's pressing game was still there with intensity. Ozil was, you know, clocking up kilometres in the game, really. I mean, I, I think he could still do a bit more because sometimes I think when, when people do that, that uh, one-two passes around him, if he goes a bit faster in with a closing down, I think he can actually disrupt the play also because he gets to a point in, in normally in the second half, I notice, where I would say the game just drifts away from him, but he allows little moves like that to get away from him. And I mean, I think if you play a team with a, a faster cut, you know, with a cutting edge, a faster cutting edge, then he will be in problem or he will be exploited like that if you if, if he doesn't also sharpen his game. But, I mean, you can't see he has improved over the last, you know, like now, three games. Even Xhaka as well, big up to him. He's been more disciplined and kept things basic as well. So, big up to Granite as well, coming then, back after all that criticism. And then Arsenal then made, over the course of that next 20 minutes or so, Three changes where they brought 62nd minute Nelson on for Pepe because I think I mean I think Pepe also the the sort of defending he was doing in the game also you know helped with the pressing game of us so that he came off the Colasinos and had to be was like he was forced off because I think that ankle also had enough for the game on for him came Bukayo Saka you know who also looked focused the minute he came into the game and in 82nd minute you could see Lacazette laid himself on the ground he looked. I mean, on one hand, his uh, finishing was, again, very dodgy in this game. But, that being said, he did a hell of a lot of running. I mean, as much as I want to, you know, be very critical of him, because, I mean, he, he did miss quite a few chances in this game against United, where we could have now, you know, buried him already. Also, in that, even early in the second half, we could have buried him. But, I mean, he came off, and then Guedosi came on. So, it was almost like a case of, you know, Quedos in a kind of shutting up shop. We were now, of course, still picking United apart from counters because they were now like throwing the whole team. Because I think even Harry Maguire at one point was uh, trying to help in midfield and somehow add an extra body in attack. But I mean, that was all failing because every time, for, which is like, I mean, I will say now, my personal man of the match, Torreira, was just cleaning up everything in the box. And that's what he's, he's, um, he's best at. And he was never being, like, this this season, up until kind of Freddie came in, and now Arteta, he was never utilized to do his proper job. Like, you are crying out for it while talking about his performances for Uruguay. Whenever he gets that role, he does a stellar performance. And, you know, now it's coming through now again with his playing in his normal position again. You know, there were, I think there were three times I remember that last, about 10, 15 minutes, where, I mean, you could see, look, fatigue, Arsenal were getting a bit to their levels again. But, I mean, look, it, it looked way better, you know, compared to the Chelsea game. So, they were kind of controlling it, but they were almost like getting a bit lazy for the, you know, that final tackle when, when United were approaching our box. And every time you would, like, like say, Rash, I think it happened to Rashford once and Martial also, where they were actually, you know, slaloming through our defence, getting to the box, and you could see they were about to pull the trigger. And as they're lining up to shoot, you just see Torreira coming out, almost like out of nowhere, and he just boots that ball into one of the high rows in the stadium. 
you know, no, no little tricks, no little flicks, just clearing into into touch, and just that you could see it on like a, on like set even more energy from United also because almost like their will to really push for a, a consolation goal or an equalizer even. It was like taking the wind out of their sails, and I mean that you could see was vital to that whole you know this whole def- uh, the whole win now because look D- David Luiz ends up getting the man of the match for his performance. I mean, look, he also played quite well. He organized and everything well. But for me, the heart and the lion of that team was Torreira. And I wonder if Arsenal are going to go into, you know, get another defensive midfielder to kind of cover Torreira should he get injured or, you know, need a, a break in this January transfer window. No, yeah, I think it will probably have to come around where some players will have to, you know, take a breather because, as I said, with this sort of play that we are doing now, you're going to need uh, not only a big squad, but you're going to also need a super fit squad. And I mean, he's actually bringing stuff because, you know, Socrates was doing things that I was wondering, is this really him? That was getting on my nerves where he wasn't now just jumping into tackles and stuff. He was more jockeying people now away from goal and stuff like that. I mean, of course, it's just one game. Many of us, like we all of us also forget it's just one game. But I mean, it, it looks positive so far. And then I think for me, like the crowning moment to the game was in late in injury time, Fred gets a, a, a wins a free kick for United, and you know, you know the the, the crowd is also like still in that anticipation, like waiting for the final whistle, and when Fred ends up hitting one of those <laughs> rugby fly off kicks into the high stands at the Emirates, I mean I think that also just summed up United's performance. They were just never at it in this game, so you know the whistle goes. Emirates erupt, the players, you know, almost like with relief, you know, celebrating now this win. And I mean, a, a real shot of positivity going into the new year. Yeah, um, I would have, we obviously not happy with what we took only, was it five, four points of a possible nine? But from the, we spoke when Arteta took over <laughs> for his first game, but you know, you take it now looking when I touch it. Teams also dropped points. I think it was Spurs who dropped points and Chelsea dropped points mm. when we beat United. So, you know, you take that little wins. It's all going to be a, you know, it's still an uphill battle. But as I said, I think we all as fans should keep our heads and, and, you know, take it game by game, not look too far, you know, in advance with the fixture list. And we just take it game by game. And also with Ateta now, you know, building the squad, like a fitness level and tactical level where things are starting to look brightly for us. Today, uh, I want to end off the, the Premier League games. Now, we switch our attention to the FA Cup game on Monday evening, where we play Leeds United. Uh, the next big test for Arsenal, and I mean, Leeds are league leaders in the Championship. I mean, it's not going to be a walk in the park. They have shown, like, they are, like, a very, very free-scoring squad. They are, their defence is also quite tight. I mean, of course, they did have a real catastrophic <laughs> game the other day when they... Played, I think, 5-4. 5-4, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember that. They, they, had a big, they had a lead and then yeah. they had a ping-pong game. I think the old Arsenal with under Emre and even Freddy could have had a 6-5 um, game. But I think Arteta probably will do his homework and yeah. I, I really believe that he will set his team out accordingly. And I mean, like, for me, uh, for me, like, up the stats and I showed, like, the three danger men for... Leeds United is Pablo Hernandez. He's like one of the experienced campaigners. I think 
many football fans will remember him from Swansea as well, because he was also, like, you know, one of the guys that was really like a linchpin in midfield. But the problem is he's not out with injury till, I think, end of January, start of February. So, but I mean, he already rates at 7.4. And then a former Arsenal youngster who's now a, a first-team right-back at, at Leeds, Luke Ailey. At, at, at least he's now the one that's also like 7.2 he's rating per game and then like yeah holding midfielder who's almost like you know holding everything together and that shield in front of their defense is Calvin Phillips and I mean he's like rated 7.1 and I saw even some Premier League clubs already sniffing at him if, if just say in the event of Leeds now you know failing uh, promotion he's like somebody that everybody's gunning for as, as to you know bring a holding midfield in um their coach, Bielsa, you know, has really evolved also Leeds United squad. Because, I mean, they always seem to come short, you know, always getting into the playoffs and, and, and you know, kind of failing before they get into the, that, you know, fighting for that last spot. But, I mean, this time I think he's, he's come with a dull, different approach. The Leeds United team actually look more attacking, free-flowing. We, I think we many, like, older fans remember the Leeds of 91, 92, where they also had a very solid squad very attacking and, 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 you know, always the goal threat. So he's bringing that now back to them. So, I mean, it looks like they will probably get the guaranteed first or second slot promotion, you know, to the Premier League. So, you know, all well, good luck to them. Let's uh, hope that they focus also maybe on the, the league so that they play a weekend side in the FA Cup against us. Yeah, but, you know, that being said, I mean, also excellent test for Ateta because he also now said he wants to, you know, to the, just going back to your point that you said before we started this thing with uh, regarding Leeds, of that fitness of the players where you will also have to start rotating to keep that, that squad somewhat fresh. So, you know, I think he's going to probably bring in now a few other players, you know, those that haven't gotten now regular game time, bring them in. But I, I also don't think he's going to, you know, make it like a, a gimme game for Leeds. I think he will probably have, you know, a stacked bench. So in, in the event of, you know, something going wrong, he knows he can call upon, like, say, the cavalry or whatever. Because, you know, it's a home game now at the Emirates, and I think the, the, the crowd also anticipate or, uh, even a bigger reaction now with the Arsenal team, knowing that, you know, we can play, we can defend. So, you know, fingers crossed for that game. Yeah, I just hope we can get another good performance and we can build on this momentum. And now, you know, as we now slowly start winding down the podcast, um, are the talking points I have, uh, this whole thing of, I don't know if you, did you watch the David Dewey's interview after the game at any point? Or oh, yeah, you heard about it? I, I, I listened to it slightly as I did after the game. Because, I mean, what you can really take of it, I mean, look, he doesn't now mention, of course, names, which I mean, is also quite, quite clever. But he was saying, he felt they went into the season unfit already. And I mean, it, it, for me, it, it opened up, you know, whether it's, um, say, fans of Emory or critics of Emory or, or even haters of Arsenal. But I mean, it also like raised or opened their eyes to what was actually going on around. Because, I mean, I've heard, was it sometime, I don't know if it was the latter part of last season where they were saying, or some people were saying, what was leaking out of the club was, Things are so repetitive in training, and it could even be now, you know, in the start of the season or so, where they say they're not really reacting to what he's bringing across. And David Luiz is going on about, you know, what he has brought uh, to, to uh, Arsenal, uh, Ateta has brought to Arsenal, as well as now, 
you know, everybody now playing with a smile on their face. And, and it's almost like when, when they say the same way, people are same like unhappy in their career. You're working in it, but you're unhappy when you go to work, you know. And now it's like, you, it's like a full 180, because now you have that same squad of players who are all this time all coming with smiles on their face. I'm not talking about the goofing around, because I think that has also been nipped in the bud, because you don't see that when they, they do show little bits of clips now. There's just a few chuckles and handshakes in the beginning, and then afterwards it's, you know, down to business. And I think yeah. it's a big, it's a big, big call now. Um. That is 100% correct. If, you, if you're not happy in your, as, like, you know, as a football as well, it comes through on the pitch. And we saw that. We saw the players weren't also playing for Emre. And that all makes sense now with that, what you said, what David Luiz came out and said. Um, then also, the other talking point was, look where the injury is piling. Look, Callum Chambers now ruled out for six to nine months because it is now a ruptured knee ligament. Which you know all like, well wishes to him as well because I mean it's normally a tough period for these players as well. Uh, Arteta has I said look the, the transfer plans have changed because I mean he's now I think on what was it on the second of January he met with Edu and Salnehi with regards to how the transfer plans are going to work now for January because look we are going to have to bring in a defender whether it's going to be a loan. Or a purchase because we're now down to you know David Luiz, Socrates, Mustafi. I'm sure even uh, Arteta's not really you know comfortable with him playing. Yeah. And then I mean down to the like when you go further down the the, the ranks, Mavropanos is you know he did miss sometimes, especially with his fitness because just when you think he's getting some sort of form in the under 23s, when he comes on the bigger stage, that is when he kind of gets crocked again. And that is my biggest worry with Mavropanos and Rob Holding, they almost like easing in because he, that, that setback he had now after that game, we remember that one, I don't know if it was the Europa League or League Cup, it almost like took a toll on him because he had that recovery period, then he, he you know, almost like came back to play and then got a setback again, almost like with Bellerin. So I think they with Bellerin is another story where they really trying to keep things together. So he does come to the squad only when he's fully, fully fit. Not, you know, where it's like he's still about 20% off being to full fitness. So I think the club is also being very cautious now. But that being said, leading to the transfer, you know, one of the transfer rumors going about, which is now also here in Germany, of Jerome Boateng coming to Arsenal. And Wow, that would be a, a big a big move for us for the back line. I mean, the only worry I have is, look, look I watch a lot of Bundesliga football as well. And... You know, he's not the bad thing that we remember when was he at Man City? He was at Man City, yeah. And also that that same that bad thing that was in like the first three or four seasons at Bayern. He's like, he, you know, he's not the kind of injury problem. That is what worries me in a way with this whole thing because Bayern are gonna let him go for almost like next to nothing. And uh, for me, it's almost like it's the, what, what the way I'm feeling. I mean, I know I'm sure some Arsenal fans will be happy just to bring an extra body into the squad, but my my thinking is just, look, you bring in a player who is, at times, error-prone. I mean, of course, I'll, if he does come, I mean, I hope he also proves me wrong. But, I mean, from what I've seen, he comes in error-prone at times. He goes something for reckless tackles and stuff like that. So, that is actually my big question mark, if that's going to be the guy to come in. And, I mean, he comes in also with a huge salary. That he's gonna, I mean, you probably want, want something close to that. 
if not that amount, because I think he's on something like 190k a week at Bayern. So I'm, I'm just not sure with it. Did you say we're bringing Saliba back as well on? on... Uh, there was no talk, but I, I mean I don't know because I think what what if we even try or attempt to do something like that, it will also be almost like a breach of that loan deal because oh, okay. you know it, I think the deal was for a season and not where you can like you know just recall the player at random. And I think Nketiah is possibly coming back. I mean we'll probably hear about this weekend already. Watch the story because. Decision also has to be made with Nketiah because he's... I mean, I don't think he's really happy being on loan there. And he's not also getting a fair crack at it because at times he's also being subbed during... You know, almost like after the first half, he's getting subbed. So, I mean, look, my personal take is I've told you last season already. Uh, I would actually cash in on the player. Because, I mean, if, if for me, it's almost like a chalk and cheese if you compare him to Martinelli. Oh, yes, definitely. Martinelli, I think, seems yeah. like light years ahead at the yeah. moment. Because, I mean, for me, Martinelli offers way more than you see, you know, what, what Nketiah gives. Because, I mean, he comes in fits and starts when he plays. And I think we need somebody to just go and, and do the business immediately, not till, you know, ease your way in. And, and I mean, because, I mean, look, we've seen Martinelli, even in games that we lost, he's playing his heart out. And, I mean, that is why he got such high ratings for both of us also for that mid-season ratings, because he was one of the few that were, you know, almost like fight, you know, even in a lost cause, he was fighting for us. Yeah, definitely. I just have a, a question for you. We're starting, you know, the new new year now, let the last, like, latter half of the season. Mm-hmm. You've seen Arteta do his thing now. What for you now is kind of your expectation for the end of the season? Or do you think us Gunners should have an expectation? Do you think we should be looking for the Europa League, think the top four, or what do you think would you'll be happy with? You'll come the end of the season, you'll sit back and be like, okay, no, I'm happy with this. I'll I'll look forward to next season. I think you know I would have said, uh, say top four is like I say a pipe dream. Right? Yeah. When you look at the sort of inconsistent play of Chelsea, you look at the inconsistency now of of Spurs. Now Spurs have lost Harry Kane also now for a month with a hamstring tear or a month and a half. And then you, you take also consideration um, with United, you know, also look looking totally totally off the pace. Uh, for me at the moment, I think Man's, Man City look like they're kind of in that sort of zone. Also, you can also get them on a bad day, don't get me wrong. But I mean, I think Leicester are very in that zone. And I think that it's almost like, They've already picked themselves into second, either second or third, they'll pick themselves in. Liverpool look like they're probably going to be runaway champions. It just now depends if they go invincible or not. Oh, please uh, don't yeah. mention that. That and So then I think that the fourth spot is still up for grabs because it's now down to, what, how many points now, the breakdown? Let me just maybe get it for you quickly. So Give just... me a second. So, I was just loading quick. The Chelsea's fourth with 36 points, and you have Arsenal on 27. So, I was at the nine point gap. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just think, as you know, Arsenal, that was a position or, or expectation. I think for now, I mean, like, as I said, for now, let's just try to go get 
between fourth and sixth now. Yeah. Just to get there, to like you know, touching distance, and then we start taking on you know, chasing Chelsea, something like that. Because I think right now we must just see that we get, you know, up there to fourth again or something like that. And then afterwards, you know, then almost like the hunters then on. Because right now, uh, look, even though I did say now, you know, don't look too far in advance with the fixtures. I just think game by game now, as we clock up points, we will also move ourselves up the table. And if you look also at the other teams in the in the, in the league, you've got Palace ahead of us, you've got Sheffield United ahead of us. Both these teams, solid squads, yes, but they don't have big squads enough that can, you know, handle a full 38-game season. You're going to see also the various setbacks in their teams, and I think that doesn't mean Arsenal can again edge past these two as well. As we now, you know, pick ourselves back up the uh, the league table. So, you know, that's my take on that question. Yeah. Ask me. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. And then, finally, uh, Arteta is still now having talks with um, Xhaka with regards to him staying. There is so some sort of talk that he could stay. I mean, I think it's down to see how things work now. So in January. Because I think a deal probably is on the table for him to sign or the club to now also agree to everything. But I think he's now also now feeling the love from the fans again. Um, I think he's also seen now the sort of role that, that Ateta has set out for him. And I mean, he's actually playing it now with you know way more discipline as well to his game. I mean, of course, sometimes people are still, you know, maybe skipping past it, but then Torreira's into clean up next to him, which is also like becoming a big help to him in his career now. And then also the talking point of Obama Young, and I think this is where the media is again starting to get carried away. I mean, look, yes, we do know there has been almost like stalling in that contractual dispute between the club and the player and his people. So, but I mean, I think what was actually in a way comforting is him actually saying, look, I'm so 100% committed to Arsenal. So, I mean, for me, if if it happens, we now get sold in the summer, <coughs> excuse me, as long as he's giving his all now, you know, for this period. You know, you can't also, uh, you know, begrudge the guy if he does decide come, uh, you know, June that he wants to leave. But, I mean, as long as he's not, you know, not only throwing his weight, but banging, banging in the goals, then, I mean, I've got no problem with it. No, I agree with that. I agree. I mean, if, you know, if he, like Sanchez, he left and almost like a better, better yeah. Almost when he left, but I think if Aubameyang leaves, you know, you you can't be be him. He's been doing the business for us for the past seasons. He's come in, so that's my take on it. Mm. Okay, so I will wrap up the podcast now. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Um, you know, let's start of the week goes in the right way, and also see off leads. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a you know statement also to because I mean it's not going to be a, a easy game against the the championship table toppers. So. You know, fingers crossed, Gunners. Let's go. Let's go to the next round of the FA Cup.